Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome. Martha and I are so excited to host this podcast, and we have got a show for you today. In fact, the ministry we're highlighting today, Youth for Christ, we go way back. A little too far back, right, Martha? Um several decades several decades martha and i were 16 year olds as we first got introduced for youth for christ but we're going to head back we're not going to do all the talking we're going to introduce you to nathan jones he's the associate vice president for development which means he's really good at raising cash so we're going to make sure we talk about that today for youth for christ usa he's out of littleton colorado nathan jones welcome to the outcomes conference podcast Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be with you. All right. So before we talk about your leadership role, before we talk about Youth for Christ, we want to talk about you. How are you keeping your faith fresh and how are you keeping your leadership Christ-centered? Yeah, you know, over the years, the the one thing, and it it keeps coming back. I've been a believer most of my life, 30 years, and uh, it's the daily quiet time. And so I have recalibrated here this Lent season and I wake up between 4.30 and 5 and I, I prioritize prayer and Bible before I do any work. And, and so I won't touch the computer or anything until six o'clock. And um, just that simple rhythm the Lord has used, especially in this time that we're in this season where the, the news is bombarding us with all sorts of messages to just put that, that um, path of truth in front of me and commit the day to the Lord and uh, pray for clarity and wisdom and discernment from his word time with him. So is the 4.30 in the morning thing a necessity because you have three kids running around or is it is that just the best time yes for yes. Nathan Jones? Uh, I Yes, the kids are running around uh, at six, but I had a mentor who woke up consistently at 3.30 in the morning and, and he modeled that for me. And I know we might get into that later, but um, I picked that up from him and I had a meeting with him once at 5.30 in the morning. And it, 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 I distinctly remember this. He, for, he lost track of time before our meeting at 5.30. Wow. And I thought, you know, who is this guy? And uh, But to see his life, uh, the fruit that came from that. And so it, it doesn't feel like a rote discipline. It feels like a, just a freeing time of quiet and solitude. So I'll take it. Mm, that's awesome. So get the listeners up to speed on Youth for yeah. Christ. Maybe they've heard of it, yeah. maybe haven't interacted in a while or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, let yeah. the listeners know what the Youth for Christ is up to. Definitely. 75 years old. Uh, one of the claims to fame was uh, Billy Graham was the first employee of Youth for Christ. So it started way back when as big rallies, thousands mm-hmm. of youth coming together, very evangelistic in nature. And over the years and decades, it has evolved into really what it is today, focus on one-on-one discipleship work and doing so in the context of high school, junior high campuses, community centers, juvenile detention centers. And so when people say, what, what's distinct about Youth for Christ? It's really that focus on lost kids who are 11 to 19 years of age that are on the fringes of society for the most part and leaders who are equipped and trained and prepared to just go out and build Christ-loving relationships with these kids. And our our kind of big meta goal right now is to scale the organization to be in relationship with a million lost kids per year who are on a journey towards Christ but aren't quite there yet. So still an evangelistic focus, but but more so discipleship as far as the the size of the groups. Not the big rallies as much anymore, but more the intimate small group one-on-one. And I do know we will get more into the discipleship part, because especially because that's such a big core of what you guys do. But give us some examples of the kind of kingdom impact you're seeing as a result yeah. of Youth for Christ? You know, um, I, I 
spent a number of years serving in the juvenile detention ministry. And I used to, to say that the community cares about kids getting out of jail and staying out. But mm-hmm. as believers, we care about so much more. We care about bringing kids into relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so as we lead to um, you know, set out and, and bring kids to Jesus, there are other benchmarks that we cross along the way. Like they become contributing members of their community, break that cycle of crime. Um, kids who we work with who are pregnant kind of move out of that risky lifestyle as they enter into a relationship with a loving adult leader. And so we're seeing all primarily the the eternal impact, but then secondarily, all these community and social impacts along the way. Families are being restored and and kids are are coming to know Jesus through their Mm -hmm. homes being restored for the kingdom. So those are just a a few examples. (laughs) Wow. And when you look at that focus on 11 to 19 year olds that are living on the fringes, you got a lot more than a million of those in this country. What what do you estimate the numbers are? We think there's around 40 million in that age range, 20 million that probably don't have a relationship with the Lord in any way. And so if we can take just a small piece and we work closely with other big organizations, Young Life and others that are out there in the trenches as well to work together, because we we have to lock arms if we're going to make a dent in that number. Did you just say you collaborate with other ministries? You didn't use the word collaborate, but that's what you just said. We do collaborate. I mean, we all serve the same king with the same mission. And so it is, uh, we can't do it all. You don't feel threatened by those other organizations? No, I know we'll get into the fundraising side later, but that's, and that's my passion. But um, when we look about just the kingdom impact, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, organizations come together to joy uh, to, to collaborate you know? Amen. That's synergy is, is in working together not in the silos of uh, so anyway yeah. that's right you preach it one of the things we joke Unity about is a Jesus we joke thing. about all the time is there's enough sinners to go around for every oh, organization yeah. right yeah. so talk to us um, real quick here Nathan um, what is it that with your um, role as the associate vice president yeah. of development what is it in your role that drapes drop makes you drop to your knees yeah um you know jesus said you cannot serve both god and money and so i'm in the ministry of helping people Mm -hmm. order that in their life and doing so under the power of the holy spirit so um, money possessions have this stronghold on many of our lives and as believers and we're in the process of being sanctified it's a it's a lifelong journey of letting go and turning that over to the Lord. And so the ministry that I'm in specifically as a development officer is in helping to set people free when it comes to finances and possessions. Mm-hmm. And so what brings me to my knees is is that battle specifically, that, that grip that possessions and money have on people's hearts and, and praying that the Lord would release that for the kingdom, for YFC, for Young Life, for Campus Crusade, for whatever that they would become more generous for the kingdom. And it's a privilege to be in that journey. So that's the fight that I go to my knees for every day. And we'll be right back. Lots more with Nathan Jones, the Associate Vice President for Development for the Youth for Christ USA. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for 
I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him Power Pod. Take control of your listening time today. Hey, welcome back. We talk today with Nathan Jones, Associate Vice President for Development for the Youth for Christ USA. And Nathan, you've said so many things already, but I love the fact that you're not afraid to collaborate with organizations that are doing similar yet different things, but focused on the youth of America. It's phenomenal. And we probably don't have enough time to talk about that. But as a leader, a lot of times leaders have a hard time saying they can't do it all and saying that they admit that they need it, need help. And so as a leader, especially when you're raising money, so many nonprofit organizations are freaked out about collaborating with other nonprofits because they may take the money that was meant for you. I mean, it's always worried about people are worried about money. How do you deal with that battle as you collaborate? Yeah, I, I definitely would say that, that it has been a process of maturity for me and, and theological understanding and grounding as, as I have gone through my career. I've been in development in some form or another for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. starting out raising personal support, now leading a development department of a national organization. And here's the thing that is necessary to have that freeing view when it comes to development and fundraising. If I think that God is a God of scarcity, I will always be competing against those other organizations. If I believe that he is a God of abundance and he has the ability to sell off a few of his cattle on a thousand hills Mm -hmm. and that there's more than enough to go around, then that sets me free. And so I I dwell on passages like feeding of the 5,000 when he took those loaves and those fish and multiplied them to far more than enough. I think about the provision of the tabernacle in Exodus when the people brought more than enough and Moses had to say, stop, stop bringing stuff. Mm. We have more than enough. If I, if I live there, then I can collaborate. If I don't, then I have to figure out what, what, how big of a piece of the pie I can get. And I, I, I often say there's not one pie and we're all trying to get our big slice. Jesus is in the pie making business. He's making pies all day long. Amen. And so we just uh, have to, to come to him, to look to him for provision and then lock arms with, with others and, and uh, basically pray for unleashing of generosity. I just I just see a meme of Jesus making pies, and I think that, that's a that's a great visual. I I'm love all for that. pie. I know you are right, yeah. and I there like are lots of different pie, flavors like of pies. Pie. Yeah. So Amen. talk about your leadership journey. How is yeah. it that God's been preparing you for your time of leadership that you're in now? It's it's definitely been a providential journey. When I was a uh, uh, in college, um, I was uh, mentored by a guy that many of your listeners I'm sure know, Gary Hogue, who's written a lot in the development fundraising space. And uh, that began the journey for me. And I've had a number of mentors along the way who have kind of held my hand and guided my heart as, um, and the theme all along is, is God has blessed me with mentors who have just brought me to the throne and brought me back to scripture and taught life leadership lessons. And so that mentorship discipleship component has been a big thing. I, I would say that at each transition, uh, job transition, I found myself uh, entering into a role that was slightly ahead of what I was prepared for. And it forced mm-hmm. me to rely back on scripture, rely back on those mentors to help me to guide to where I am today, where I realized that if, if we're not slightly uh, behind what we're doing, then maybe we're not pushing into it hard enough and trusting the Lord hard enough. And maybe there's something more that he's calling us into. So even today, I wake up a little overwhelmed by the the work to be done, but trusting that the Lord is guiding me and and leading me. So, you know, that that leadership journey has really been um, walking with those mentors and, and going through 
roles at Prison Fellowship and at Youth for Christ and um, just growing in responsibility. And, and I would say the last thing I'll say is a big piece of it has been people who have been willing to um, let me give it a shot. Mm. And I think those are the times when I grew the most is when they were taking a risk. I look back on some of the roles I've had entering as a major gift officer in my late 20s. And, and the guy who hired me was, he was on the other side of, of retirement almost, and he was taking a risk, but I am so grateful for those that uh, did that and gave me the chance to take that next jump. Awesome. I like, I like what you just said. Even if you find yourself slightly behind where you think you should be, you, you find God there because if you're, I mean, yeah. it, otherwise you're not following. Yeah. I, some yeah. powerful words. So good. Yeah. yeah. So was there a defining moment? Think about yourself as a leader now and how God is using you as a leader, was there a defining moment or some time of transformation yeah. that helped you to be that leader? You know, this this moment of transformation um, set the bar for me, and I'm far from, from hitting that bar even, but it, it set me on a course, and this was the moment. I had to do a project in college where I interviewed a leader, and my now wife's roommate at the time her dad was the president of compassion international and so um i called up wes or i emailed the secretary and i said i need to do a, a project um i need to interview a leader uh i know this is outside you know really the realm of possibility for me but could i have some time and she gave me 15 minutes so i wow. drive down to Colorado springs i have a 15 minute appointment with this man who many of your listeners know yeah. um, and just smile when they hear this he spent two hours with me wow. and he just talked about his family and his daughters and the kids that he sponsored and the work that he does and just that heartfelt and he was coming to tears on as he's sharing stories and for me what that did is it was that defining moment that said it's it's leadership is about the people it's not about the organization and about uh the the the, the goals and strategy it's about the people so where that leaves me today is my muscle memory is constantly towards the strategy and towards the goals. And, the, and I often forget about the people that are around me. And so I have to constantly recalibrate back to someone like Wes Stafford, who just exemplifies mm -hmm. that. And so that was a defining moment for me. Wow. What a privilege that was for him to just bless you with those two hours. Some people begged for two hours, couldn't get those two hours, but he gave them to you willingly. What, what a privilege. Yeah, that's right. So out of that conversation came a life of leadership. Today, as you sit as the Associate Vice President for Development for Youth for Christ USA, and when we come back, I want to talk about fundraising a little bit. Not that that's the to topic of conversation. It's all about leadership, but what's one thing right now that you wish your younger you knew yeah um I, I would say two things one it's it's remember it's about the people and and two ask good questions and that's mm. something that i get hung up in is telling more than not only just listening but but leading people with questions and so i've i've that's what i've kind of committed my growth to most recently is how to get better at using questions for leadership and impact so i tell my younger self I guess, um, you know, shut up and be more curious. <laughs> yeah, the whole James verse, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, mm -hmm. and slow to become yeah, angry. Amen. Hey, we're talking with Nathan Jones today from Youth for Christ USA. 
We'll be right back with a whole bunch more. We're even going to ask him a fundraising question. How did you? How can God make it easy for us to raise money? Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you, serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. Hey, welcome back. We're talking today with Nathan Jones, Associate Vice President for Development for Youth for Christ USA. We're going to get back to his leadership story. We're going to take a two-minute break here and talk about development because you're a money guy. You're raising money and you're hoping that every Christian that you run across is a generous person. But not all people have been taught that generosity is the greatest freedom they could ever experience. Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, you started off raising money just for yourself and now you're helping raise money for an organization. What is the, what's the secret? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mentioned, you know, being mentored by some incredible people. And and I look back and the journey that the Lord had me on and, and bringing people into my life who had that biblical perspective on fundraising and development, guys like Gary Hogue, Wes Wilmer and others. And um, being able to recognize what's happening in someone's heart when they're giving. I go back to Mm -hmm. Exodus when the Israelites gave for the building of the tabernacle. Moses said, give whatever the Lord stirs in your heart. The same thing that Paul said about giving in 2 Corinthians, that that our giving should flow out of a joyful heart. What we first considered that the Lord is calling us to give. So if I orient myself in fundraising development around leading people into that conversation how is the lord leading you to give to his kingdom and is this organization one of those corners of his kingdom that he's leading you to give and i can just encourage them in that faithful response i don't have to persuade i don't have to sell i don't have to have fancy brochures all i have to do is share the vision for what is happening at youth for christ and say to them is this something the lord is calling you to and encouraging them in that journey then it, then it's it's really between them and the lord at that point and so that's what brings the joy for me. And it makes it um, not only bearable, but uh, truly a joy. Uh, well, and when we realize that God does move people's hearts, he can move the hearts of those that don't even follow him. And so to know that you're having that conversation, that it's not up to you, that, that takes a lot of pressure off. It allows you to have peace at night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we see great examples of, uh, you know, when, when Nehemiah went and asked the king for resources, you know, someone that didn't have a relationship with the Lord, but said, you know, go for it and open yeah. up the storehouse. But it was because the Lord moved in their heart. So if as a fundraiser, I'm relying on the transaction of the gift or on my ability and my words, I, I'm going to fall short every time. But if I can rely on the sovereign God who has absolute authority and is moving in people's hearts, then it's uh, it's fun. All right. I hope our uh, our podcast listeners were grasping all of that because I think that it's a, a truly a great nugget. So you know that the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders come to learn new leadership ideas, um, get some new wisdom. What do you have today to bring to the podcast listener to invest in them with some leadership uh, knowledge or wisdom? Yeah, you know, I, this theme for me of getting better at asking questions and, and being more curious about people, I would say, is is the thing that I would I would propose and really raise up to say that that for me is that next benchmark of leadership. I've I've you know gotten my MA in leadership. I've I've got twenty years of, of experience in leading, um, but as I mentioned before, um, that ability to lead through better listening, better inquiry. 
um, really is the thing I would put forth. And so I've been spending more time reading about that, spending more time. How do you, you position those you lead to, to steal a, a page from, um, from Donald Miller's uh, story brand as the hero of this story that they're not building me up, but I can build up, build up them in that journey. And so um, really being, being curious, and that's the way that we see modeled in, in Jesus' life. Asked so many good questions. I love the fact that you said be curious about people because every one of us has been created in the image of God, whether we believe in him or not. And then to get better at asking questions, that's huge. All right, so you've mentioned that discipleship has played a part in your, in, in your development as a, as a leader. Why don't you yeah. ex- describe that and then take us down the road on how you use yeah. discipleship to impact all of those in, that work for Youth for Christ. Hmm. Um, yeah, real quick on, on my journey, um, I guess it was providential just ending up in situations where mentorship was a value of that community. So whether it was in, in high school youth group, mm-hmm. the, the leaders of the youth group, there was a, a value there of, of discipleship and mentorship, and that carried into college. And that's really where my professional mentorship began. And so by the time I left college, I realized that hey, there are people out here in this world that are farther down this path than I am. If I can commit myself to relationships and, and I as the mentee have to drive that, if I can do that, boy, we can consolidate for, you know, one mentor who it took them 20 years to learn a lesson. Maybe I can learn it five or 10 and, and just compound that. And so, so I, I, when I get together, I've got three or four mentors now to get together once in a while. just kind of joke about what a blessing it is, half joke, but it's such a blessing to be able to learn their life lessons, to pour it in now when I'm 38 lessons that they were learning at 45, 50. And, yeah. and as a steward of those to be able to then cascade that to the next generation. So then looking at who I'm you know, working with on my teams at Youth for Christ, being able to cascade those messages there. But I think taking a step back for the kids that YFC works with, mentorship and discipleship becomes such a critical component because you look at, especially these kids, the people that are influencing their lives are you know, the gang leaders, the, 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 you know, drug addict moms and dads and, and, um, or peers that have gone down, uh, a, a, you know, less than ideal path. And that's who's pouring into the youth today. And so to raise up an army of volunteers, an army of leaders, both peer leaders and adult leaders who can lead by their godliness and their lifestyle, by scripture, by prayer, um, and, and provide mentorship and discipleship structures to really change a generation. So let's drill that down a little bit. When you're yeah. talking about the actual students, like how is Youth for mm-hmm. Christ living that out? How are they really yeah. teaching them discipleship? Yeah, uh, as far as the actual context, so you might be, you can envision a volunteer going into a jail setting and sitting down in one of the pods mm. and, and meeting one-on-one with, a, with an individual or a small group and opening up scripture and working through a passage and talking about it. You can envision um, uh, high schoolers or junior hires from a, from a campus coming to mm-hmm. a, a third space and having a club meeting and, and having fun and games and then leading into a Bible teaching. We do do some summer camps. And so um, more kids come to Christ at summer camp or at, at camps sure. and, and trips, you can imagine, yeah. um, just because it takes them out of their environment. Yeah. So there's, there's a power there. and But it really comes down to those one-on-one conversations. And so all the, the programming and the partying and the events 
um, is to tee up those one-on-one conversations. And so how do we get creative? And just really quick, we're almost out of time, but I want to make sure. So that level of intentionality that the organization stands for, does that get bred through the entire organization? Are you making sure that everybody that works for you in the development office is being discipled all the way through? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. And so I, I take a lot of what I've learned and, and, you know, by God's grace, a lot of what I have been taught by some of my, my mentors mm-hmm. has been institutionalized in books. And so that makes it easy for me to be able to then cascade that to the next layer and say, hey, let's read this book together. Let's talk about it chapter to chapter right. and cascade those ideas and be able to apply that then to our context. And so as far as my team and, and our teams and cascading that out to executive directors, um, that's really the goal because the more and more I am around leadership and leadership development, the more I'm seeing growth happen through what's taught more than what's taught. Yeah. Uh, it helps me to prioritize teaching is good. Teaching is important. But then what do we do to supplement that with the mentorship, discipleship to implementation? Caught versus taught. One of the greatest really the greatest leadership principles fantastic thank you so much nathan jones vice president of development associate vice president for development for youth for christ usa thank you nathan for being on the podcast today you bet it's a privilege to be with you and thank you our listener for listening to the podcast and for really just i'm hoping that you dug some real golden nuggets out of today's conversation and that can be applied to what you do even that two and a half minutes we talked about fundraising it's not about you it's all about how the lord is leading it's so important that we recognize that but thanks for tuning in today remember the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way to someone else so if you loved it say so and then share it with a friend you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i work for him Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.